Welcome to the district. All of your local and state news in one place on WHIP Student Radio. Philly's number one college radio station. Hello, hello, hello. We are back on the district. That is right. We are on WHIP Philly's number one college radio station. I am Maya. And with me, I have Alicia and Jenny. Hi, guys. Hello. How how, are, how was your Tuesday? Long. Long, uh, rainy, and cold. Yes. <laughs> but I'm happy true. to be here on the district, as always. This is true. Yeah, I feel... I. I know that the weather is going to get real scary real fast, and I'm not ready for it. No. Mm-mm. I'm ready for warm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like last week also was just like... <clears throat> I, I, I've said this like five times and I always say five different seasons, but there's only four. But um, but yeah. So anywho, um, so we're going to we're going to do some news. So uh, we're going to the first story we're going to be talking about is about the 13 best jobs to have in 2019, according to CNBC. So the U.S. News and World reports the that the 100 best jobs for 2019. The number one was a software developer, and the rest of the top 10 were various occupations within the medical field. And they are saying that this is due to a high demand of people in the medical field, needed to be in the medical field. Um, and a U.S. news reporter, Rebecca Konia, said in a statement, this is good news for students and career changers because it takes less school time and tuition money to, pre- to prepare for these positions than it does to be a physician or a surgeon. Um, also in the article, it also states the high rates of stress and also a kind of a poor work-life balance between, um, the, like the top 10 occupations of 2019. So first of all, were there any like initial thoughts when hearing this? Like, were you surprised by this? No. I personally was Yeah. Not surprised at all. I mean, I feel like all of these, you know, except for the software developer, they're pretty much all just medical field yeah, which is definitely. not surprising yeah exactly for me i was like okay thanks for like telling me what i'm not doing with my <laughs> exactly <laughs> knock me down another peg yeah uh, but the initial thing i thought was what distinguishes something as a best mm. job yes. yeah so like mm-hmm. to me it kind of seemed like i was talking about like what has the highest salary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's something that i actually wanted to ask you guys did you read my notes okay <laughs> <laughs> um no, I think obviously success is, and specifically within this like article is like based on high salary, and it does have other factors in there like the stress level and other things like that. But when it comes to having a successful job, I think in the ideal world we would all like to be paid millions of dollars. <laughs> but like, what are some other factors of of a successful job that you guys think are important to take into consideration? Uh, to me, having a successful career or job means that you make an impact on the world and the people around you so these jobs do that but i don't know i guess it depends on your passion as well what you consider to be successful and what is a good job to you mm-hmm. i think a good job also is something that you love to do yeah. you know because there's a lot of people out there that do jobs they might not necessarily like but they get paid well so maybe um the jobs people like a good job constitutes something that you like and also pays well mm-hmm. yeah and I know that um, none of us are currently studying medical field stuff. No. No. So was it like, I mean, I know we had briefly touched on it. Was it discouraging <clears throat> hearing this or were you like, oh, OK, cool. Does, does that I don't know. Does that make you question certain things about your perspective jobs? Uh, for me, not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I already know what I'm getting myself into, um, and I love what I do, and I hope to do it for the rest of my life. So it wasn't discouraging. I found it quite funny <laughs> that they had to put a study out there to yeah. distinguish this, but 
other than that, no. I'm cool with what I'm doing and what I'm pursuing. That's good. What about you, Jenny? Um, yeah, I mean, I was kind of just like, all right, well, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I know what I'm signing myself up for. And either way, I think hard work is, you know, hard work doesn't always equate to more money. Um, you know, because journalists don't always make millions and millions of dollars like these doctors. But if you love what you do, you know, mm-hmm. that's all that really matters. Yeah. I think. And I know me specifically, um, because you guys are journalism majors. I'm a media studies and production mm-hmm. major and I have a journalism minor. So my specifically with my major, I've always been told that like, oh, well, it's like it's media. It's always changing. And mm. there's a lot of jobs that are probably going to exist in like five years that don't exist now. And mm-hmm. I think even in the world of journalism, too, that kind of applies. Um, but for me personally, as much as that's like kind of comforting of like, oh, OK, cool. So like something will just kind of happen. I also feel like that's not really reassuring because I feel like we're all, we're told all the time, like you need this or you need to have a clear idea of like what it is that you what job title you want to hold. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I've definitely um, had people tell me, like, what are you studying? What are you pursuing? And I tell them and they're like, oh, well, that's a dying field, Mm -hmm. a dying industry, isn't it? And I'm like, well, God, I hope not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So now I guess I can say it's an ever changing field. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I think that obviously I think the, the traditional form of journalism and like traditional news and stuff like that, that is obviously changed. But I think to say it's dying is kind of kind of a big statement because people always want to know what's going on like we're always going to need to be informed of yeah. like what's happening i think that just the medium in which it goes mm-hmm. through changes but the actual thing itself yeah i don't know um but we're going to talk about some new york news um woo, woo. <laughs> that was weird <laughs> um new york news yes new york go. news uh so the new york state legislator will be voting on a few proposed gun measures this um article is coming from 6abc and they actually are we're supposed to vote on it earlier today so there might be updates that i'm not aware of um but as of this morning this is the information that we were presented with um so they'll be proposing Voting on a few proposed gun measures, and the proposed measures have been used in other states. Um, There are several different ones, one of them being establishing a 30-day wait period for people who want to buy guns, who have not cleared a a background check, and have, quote, have them waive confidentiality of their mental health records if they originally lived in another state. Not 100% certain what that what they mean by that. But um, another bill is the red flag bill, which allows people to file a quote extreme protective order against a person that will prohibit them from obtaining a firearm for up to one year and then another bill will ban teachers and other school employees in kindergarten through 12 schools from being armed Um, and it it wasn't specified if this includes security guards um, or if it's solely teachers um, but that's what's one of the other bills and once the bills are passed which it seems like the most likely will be they're going to go to Governor Andrew Cuomo, who has always he's kind of expressed his ideas of having stricter gun laws. Um, so, yeah. So, first of all, again, any initial thoughts when hearing this where you kind of like, oh, these are good things. These are bad things. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised. Um, I think there was, you know, there was talk in the news for a while about what type of gun laws are going to be what the gun laws are going to look like in the future. Um so I think this is a step in the right direction, in my opinion. Um, so I I support it. Me too. I am like openly a strong supporter of stricter gun laws. And um seems like New York is taking this first step. I hope 
other states follow suit with it. And Maya, you said that it's it hasn't been officially passed or we just don't know yet. Yes. Um, I don't know what the updates are, but there are probably some updates by now that I don't know of. Maybe I should know that. <laughs> <laughs> this was written this morning, though. <laughs> no worries. But yeah. So I hope other states um, adopt these these same laws and these policies. I was when thinking about this, I I think that this is um, a great way for New York to kind of take the idea of gun control into their own hands. Um, but I was thinking about it, and I'm kind of like, if the, if this proves to be successful in New York and the other states who have implemented similar laws, what what does that still say about like the general? St- you know, country of the United States because, okay, that works really well, like, in one region, mm. but then there's another region where, like, you can still get a gun very easily or maybe they can travel to New York and do some serious damage. Mm. So what do you think, how do you think this could be implemented on a larger scale? Or um, can it be? Yeah, so in my, actually, my political science class I'm taking this semester, we talked about how sometimes local or state governments will... um practice laws and to see how they function and play out and if they work well then you know maybe move it to a higher level like the national level Mm -hmm. so i think maybe practicing um this stricter gun law in new york is maybe like a trial run for how it could do in other states Mm -hmm. um but yeah i some of the some states definitely have bigger open carry laws so i have no idea how that would play out like the new york law would play out in like say you know texas or virginia where gun laws are a lot less strict Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes i think it's like a good kind of you said testing it out i think it's good um kind of trial run for states that are like new york like you said i don't think the reaction will be the same in states like texas Mm -hmm. so i think it also needs to be implemented in like a southern state to see how it would do large scale in the the entire nation do you think but do you think it would even be able to be implemented in the first place i don't know (laughs) i I don't have an answer i think there would be a lot of pushback yeah Mm -hmm. you know i i think people and a lot of places are not willing to give up that right. So I think it would really take a lot. And that's why we haven't seen any strict gun law on a national level. Yeah. It's because people still hold the Second Amendment very, very high. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's I think, again, for the actual state of New York and for these specific bills, I think that these are great. Mm-hmm. But my only worry is, like, how does it translate to the larger picture? Mm-hmm. And also thinking about, again, uh, New York... Well, obviously, the I was going to say New York City is different than, like, if you were to go to a state. But this is affecting all of New York, mm-hmm. so all of New York State. But regardless, though, like you, like you had mentioned, if you go to similar places, but then the issue then is, like, when you don't go to similar yeah. places, when you go to places that really value guns and not there (laughs) yeah well then in that case i feel as if though it would be it would have to be federally mandated for these other states to implement these Mm -hmm. laws because i honestly don't think the state governments would um implement what new york is doing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i don't know something to think about but um hopefully there is some updates about that um on the district this thursday or maybe rational radio tomorrow um but another story in 
kind of close by in New Jersey, in border town, New Jersey, to be specific, there was an anti-immigrant message um, that was left on a bill for a multilingual server. This happened again in border town at the Under Under the Moon Cafe. Santiago um, or Orozco, owner of the cafe, said that the incident occurred Thursday night. A couple in their late 40s seemed to be having a good time. They raved about the food, but um, after leaving, the server noticed that on the bill it said, don't tip immigrants. Um, and then Orozco, the owner again, he posted this to his to his Facebook account, which has since been reposted over 200 times. And he said in the post that the couple should not come back. Um, unfortunately, this is something that like we kind of hear somewhat often. One, do you think that this will ever subdue? Is that the is that the word? Subdue, sub, subside? Will it ever get yeah. less? <laughs> I don't know what the word is, but do you do you think like instances like this are going to keep reoccurring, or I don't know, are they often? Have we all just kind of I don't know? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Hopefully, it's not often. You know. Um... I don't support it. I don't think that is how we as people should act. Um, but at the same time, this kind of rhetoric is, while it's not, you know, it's normalized in, in a way, mm-hmm. you know, because clearly it's not getting the national outcry mm-hmm. that some other hate would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it is horrible. You know, everyone in this country besides Native Americans, at one point or another, were immigrants. Mm-hmm. So just to say that, you know, don't tip immigrants is just, I think it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also when when looking at this situation, the first thing that I kind of think about, I'm like, are, could there be legal actions taken against that? Like, I mean, I, I don't think they could have, but yeah. should they? Like, should there be ways in which that they could take legal actions? I don't know. So, like, we don't. So, like, tipping isn't mandatory, but I don't know if it would be considered, like, a hate crime as well. So, I think mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. really, like, muddy. It's, like, a gray area here. Like, is it um, just a hate crime or is it someone just being rude and racist? So, I think distinguishing yeah. those things is really difficult, especially in this age and time. Um, where do we say that this violates our first amendment freedom of speech like Mm -hmm. it's just really difficult when it comes to these different cases yeah i mean i don't think unfortunately being racist isn't illegal yeah (laughs) yeah but it should be (laughs) i yeah um but with that we are going to have to go to our first commercial break but when we get back we're probably going to talk about this a little more and then get into this terrible weather that is going to be coming about so stay tuned and keep it locked in on whip From WHIP News, I'm Tony Pearson. Today is Tuesday, January 29th, and this is your WHIP News Update. On Monday, the Justice Department declared criminal charges against Huawei Technologies Company, according to the Washington Post. Huawei Technologies Company is globally the largest manufacturer of communications equipment. New York City has filed a 13-count indictment against Huawei, firms connected to the company, and Meng Huanzhou, chief financial officer of Huawei. Included among the charges are bank and wire fraud. Huawei is 
is also charged with violating U.S. sanctions relating to Iran. Juan Zhao was arrested in Canada on Monday. Los Angeles launched a program partnering with ride-hailing application VIA on Monday that will pick up passengers and bring them to any of Los Angeles' three busiest public transit stations, according to TechCrunch. VIA will pick up three to six riders headed in the same direction towards Compton, North Hollywood, and El Monte stations. Rides will be free for passengers registered with the Metro Low Income Subsidy Program. For others, the rides will be $375. From WHIP News, I'm Tony Pearson, and this has been your WHIP News Update, contributed by Valerie DeRay. Hello, and we are back on the district here on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. I am Maya, and Alessia and Jenny are joining me tonight. And we're going to go back into some news um, before the break. We're talking about a restaurant in Bordertown that kind of experienced a, a, a little racist situation in which a server noticed on the back of their bill um, a couple had that they were serving wrote, don't tip immigrants on the bill. Um, and the owner of the cafe had posted this to his, to his Facebook, which went kind of viral, has been reposted over 200 times. And we're just kind of talking about that. And before we went on break, we were talking about kind of like the legalities behind it. And um, obviously there's, like I said before we left, racism isn't illegal and neither is like ignorance. Um, however, do you think in situations like this, there could be you know, we, you could have some type of illegal actions, I guess, in the in the sense of like a hate crime, like you had mentioned, Alicia, mm-hmm. earlier. Um, but is that enough, though? Like, what, what would those consequences look like? You know, what I would say is I feel like some business owners can put some precautions into place to prevent this from happening. Clearly, the owner of this cafe or restaurant, he was dissatisfied with what this couple did. He posted on Facebook, clearly hoping to get traction and show, hey, this is not all right. I feel like a good way to prevent this is maybe displaying in your business or establishment a poster or a sign saying we support LGBTQ people, trans people, immigrants, Muslims. Um, So possibly people that come in with these mentalities, if they see uh, this establishment supports a certain group of people that are marginalized, maybe we don't want to come into the establishment and could prevent hateful things from happening. It might not, but it might. And I guess also that's the prerogative of the owner of the business as um, it depends on them. You can't force people to put that inside their stores and the restaurants. Mm -hmm. Do you think that something like that, I think it's one of those things that it's like it's it's supposed to be inclusive, but some people could really make this super twisted and say that you're like dividing people in a way, you know, in terms of like if there's someone who – I don't know, is is very religious and they have specific beliefs about, you know, the LGBT community. Um, And then seeing something like that, then people are like, oh, well, you're not respectful of my religious beliefs. I don't know. Like, do you or does it even matter to me? I'm like, okay, I don't really care. Like, you know, like, I feel like the whole objective of it is to be inclusive. I don't know. For me, I don't think it really matters because you're not an oppressed person. You're not in a marginalized identity. So kind of saying that is... I don't know. To me, it's a little bit invalid. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I always like to play devil's advocate. I actually really don't. I just feel like for conversation purposes, I need no, to. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely people that are going to say that. I mean, it's like the classic uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. People say, well, yeah. all lives matter. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I feel it's that same type of issue. And there's always going to be people that kind of play that card. Um, but 
at the end of the day, these messages are for inclusivity and people that twist it around. Um, they're just they're not going to have an open mind to supporting, <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. people anyway. Did you have any thoughts, Jenny? Yeah, I think, you know, like Alicia said, putting a sign in the front door, in the front window, like people might say, oh, like they support, you know, Muslims or the LGBT community. I'm not going to go here, you know, or there's the there on the flip side. There's the people that might say, um, well, you can't stop me from going into your business because it's a public place. You know, like you're you have a public industry. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like Alicia said before the break, it's a really gray area. Um, so there's really no clear cut answer. And people get very, very touchy, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to these kind of topics because they're serious topics. You don't want to make the mistake and offend anyone, but also you want to stand firm in your beliefs, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, as long as your beliefs aren't like disrespecting another person's existence, then mm-hmm. by all means, do whatever you want. Like mm-hmm. It doesn't affect me. I don't care. And what do you think is the reasoning? I mean... I think to go into the mindset of these two cu- into this couple is like a little weird, but like, what do you think kind of makes it okay for some people to be like, oh yeah, you know, what? I'm gonna write that on the note. Like, I'm just gonna totally come out here with this ignorant <laughs> stuff. Like, um, at the end of the day, I feel as if though people just feel really entitled and they can express their opinions, which they can, um, even if they're hateful. To me particularly, this is quite scary because my cousin, uh, she immigrated to the U.S. about three years ago, and she works as a server in the food industry, and she has for a few years. So, And she, she has a thick accent, obviously. Um, she just moved here. And if I found out that you know one of her customers had said that to her, I'd be extremely upset but like you said, this stuff happens. Mm-hmm. So I also wouldn't be that surprised because she's had instances where people are like, I don't know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And um, she she knows how to speak English, but some people just think it's funny. Um, so I don't know. I feel like we can't stop people. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's very unfortunate. I, I hate to end on that note. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but this weather, we should probably address this because it's, it's going to get crazy. So a lot of the United States will be engulfed in what is being called a polar vortex, which will bring wind chills, wind chills to as low as 50 degrees below zero. So negative 50 degrees. The areas getting hit hardest include the mis- Midwest with Chicago experiencing wind chills up to negative 63 degrees and parts of Chicago are supposed to get colder than the Arctic Circle. The polar vortex forms usually a few times per year, bringing with it dangerously low temperatures, high winds, and sometimes precipitation. Um, It brings cold air, specifically what a polar vortex is. We should probably explain that. It brings um, cold air from the North Pole as far south as some of southern U.S. states. Um, So it's just this really, really cold pocket of air that just lives here for a second. So specifically for Philly and um, the nearby community, tempers, temperatures will fall below, well below zero with wind chills, um, but definitely not as bad as Chicago. And um, we're going to be experiencing a mixture of rain and snow as the vortex moves from the Midwest to the Northeast and just onward and out of here. Um, luckily, again, we don't get, you know, the, the, the hit of the vortex, but the air will still push our way, resulting in much more colder conditions than normal. Um, are you guys scared? I'm terrified. <laughs> Girl, I'm scared. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am not looking forward to this. 
especially like going around campus, it's going to be awful. I feel like we're going to see a lot of people not showing up to our classes, maybe even professors not showing up because a lot of people don't want to brace this cold. And you know what? I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is so hard walking to class with, you know, it's windy in North Philly as it is. Yeah. In any city, it's windy just because, you know, the way the buildings are with the wind, it just is a tunnel. Mm-hmm. So mixed the normal wind with the polar vortex wind and the the coldness and the possible precipitation that's going to come later next week it's it's brutal mm-hmm. and i'm not looking forward to it at all no i i'm just picturing my little car like trying to warm him up and he's just <laughs> uh, like no <laughs> but yeah no this and my roommate is from chicago mm-hmm. and i was like are your people okay like is your family yeah. okay yeah. um but I mean, Chicago, obviously, in this in the winter time, experiences some like extreme winter yeah. stuff. Um, so I don't think something like this is um, out of the norm for. Her. I think she told me that, like back in high school or middle school, they had like another situation, and it was like negative sixty six. Oh God! I don't know. She might have made this up. She's probably alive. <laughs> <laughs> no, but nonetheless, though, um, this is very scary, and. Um, but you know the first thing that I think about though? I mean, I think about like homeless people and people that don't have yes, somewhere warm to stay. Definitely. But I also think about like animals too. Oh, that breaks yeah. my heart. Yeah. It really does. Like there's a few stray cats um near my apartment oh. and I wonder about them. I it it's you yeah. make me cry on air. I mean, seriously, <laughs> that's, that's what I want. Yeah. It's you know, having my own dog, Luff in the most, um, it being able to see him go in his little crate at the end of the night tucked up in his blankets when it's cold outside versus seeing, you know, animals that are stray just walking around any type of weather, whether it be sunny, rainy, snowy, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's really, really sad. And it's a shame because a lot of people don't really, th- like you said, a lot of people don't really think about animals, I feel like. Yeah. They're kind of a more forgotten group when it all comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you mentioned also, the, the homeless population, I... I really do think about them often, especially with the winter being cold anyway, mixed with like food insecurity, like shelter insecurity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's it's a really scary. Yeah, because I think I mean, obviously, in general, any winter, just being outside and not having the access to warm is is already, Mm -hmm. you know, not cool. But then when you have negative several degrees, that's like a different story. I feel like. Knowing this is coming, I hope that organizations and um, homeless shelters and animal shelters are taking special precautions out of the usual Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, inform these people, and educate them. You know, it's not like they have a phone and they can pull up the weather app sometimes. You don't know. And just saying like, hey, it's really important um, if you can come into this location and or even so providing more blankets than usual or just... um, Animal Protective Services trying to go out and getting more animals off the street, knowing this is coming. I hope precautions are being taken. I don't know if they are, but... Yeah. I forgot what article I was reading. This particular article is coming from CBS News. I don't believe this is the same article, but when I was looking up the weather for this week, um, there are, like, a few different places that you can call if you see, like, a Mm. homeless person or um, a stray animal. Don't know those numbers, so I'm not helpful, but... um, (laughs) Please do like I don't know call somebody. Call, can you call nine one one? Am I like allowed to say that? Is that um, illegal? I, I I don't know if it's nine one one, but there's definitely some sort of animal control. I think yeah, you know that might give assistance and then transport those animals to somewhere that mm-hmm. they can be washed over while it's cold. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So definitely if you have like, I'm sure most people listening have some sort of mobile device. If you see something, a quick Google search, you can really help somebody or an animal Mm -hmm. uh, with this polar vortex Mm -hmm. coming up. Please do. I remember um, when I lived in Florida, we had a few stray cats and um, well, obviously there was no polar polar vortex Mm -hmm. in Florida, (laughs) but um, we did like call ASPCA to like spay and neuter them and we had to set up traps and then capture Mm -hmm. them. And um, being, again, that I was in Florida, we caught so many possums in the wow, traps. Wow. This has nothing to do with the polar vortex, but I was it just reminded me of That's stray animals. That's interesting. Yeah. You know what a possum looks like? Those yeah. are ugly. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not wow. a fan of those. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. Kind of scare me. Because they kind of look like very big mice and rats. Like, <sighs> I kind of, I like what mice look like <laughs> really <laughs> yeah i think they're cute oh man um, i mean i have a chihuahua and people equate that to rats <gasps> and i'm not offended because oh. i'm like you know i think those are cute You're like right. <laughs> hamsters like anything mousy i think it's so cute oh my gosh I, wow i do think that like like i think if i were to look at just like a picture of a mouse like i think that those are cute individuals but i think <laughs> growing up in a city okay mm. yes yes fair if something yeah. ran by me i'd you know i'd be the first to scream and jump <laughs> up, but like i'm traumatized like but like a tame cute sweet mousy mm-hmm. like the one that was in the studio yeah <laughs> no, yes um, please we have he was a cute whip house rat no, i'm just kidding <laughs> no he left thankfully oh that's good but, yeah um or like what's the is it chinchillas that i'm thinking of those are like the super f- furry ones right mm-hmm. yeah they're, I like those. they're scared. Like my favorite animals are squirrels. Really? Oh, yeah. oh how yes. do you feel about the like North Philadelphia squirrels? Oh, I love them. They're I think crazy. they're so cute. They're crazy. They like jump around. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. I w- I hope I could domesticate one. <laughs> I don't know if my Chihuahua would like it, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stay tuned. <laughs> chihuahua and squirrel adventures. Oh man. Yeah, but no, like the squirrels here are really something. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it is. It was unexpected. Seriously, <laughs> like I'm walking around campus and. People are, like, interacting with them, too. Mm-hmm. Like, full out, like... And the birds. Mm-hmm. The birds also, you know, mm-hmm. very interactive. But I feel like the squirrels also, like, interact with you, though. Yeah. Like, oh, I agree. They come up to you. Yeah. yeah and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Really? Well, I love it. I'm like, come here. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> I was walking, and, like, there was one, like, in my way, and I was like, can you move? Like, he just <laughs> literally kept hopping in front of me. Stop. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this has been fun. Um, but... Yeah, help help the help the animals with the cold, please. <laughs> that was that's what I was trying to say <laughs> in this cool. whole message. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna go to our second commercial break. But when we get back, we're gonna be talking about some temple news. Um, a lot of temple news actually, too. Temple stories. So stay tuned, keep it locked in, and uh, enjoy this little break. Hello, 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 hello. We are back on the district here on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. So that's super fast for no reason. Um, I am Maya and I have Jesse and Alicia with me. And we're talking about some news. We've talked, um, you know, the the from Jersey to New York to Chicago. But now we're back at Temple. We're going to be talking about some Temple news. So Temple University is the first um, in the nation to implement this new ID to Apple situation. So basically what that means is that Temple students can now enter campus buildings, print documents, pay for food using their phones. They no longer have to take out their physical IDs. They just have to um, place their OWL card, which is our word for ID, um, put our OWL card on our phones and Apple watches. 
um, and then just kind of scan it as you enter buildings or as you do things that you would normally do with your physical ID. This announcement came on Monday. Um, and again, Temple is the first in the nation to do this. I believe there are similar, there are schools that have similar situations. Um, but according to Biz Journals, which is where this article is coming from, Temple is the first to do so. Um, and Temple worked specifically with Apple and Blackboard to create this and allow for this to happen. But um, it's also available on um, Androids as well. So what were your thoughts when hearing about this? Did you guys even know this was happening? So I did see an email, but I kind of disregarded it because I was like, hmm, this seems a little too complicated for me to do. It is. <laughs> it is. But I do think I'll do it because it sounds pretty neat. Um, I think it's really awesome that Temple is the first because like, yay us <laughs> for innovation. Mm -hmm. But also, I'm not happy about it because now we're like the test run. We have to mm -hmm. deal with like little gimmicks and the glitches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, yeah I don't know. I yeah. could be wrong, and it's perfect. I don't know. I mean, it, it was like a whole process for me to set up because as I was looking at this article, I was like, I know about that, but, like, I didn't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And then I went through the steps, and it was, like, kind of a lot to do. Or it wasn't a lot to do, but they just did not explain how to do it well. Um, but nonetheless, I've done it, and I used it at Annenberg, and mm. I got in. And I kind of felt stupid doing it, though, at first, because I was like, does no one know about this? He was like, do I just look silly? And I was like, boop. But then it worked. It didn't work coming into WHIB, though, so I don't know what uh. that's about. But maybe that was just my phone. Mm. Did you know this was happening, though? I, you know, I did. Um, I, Like Alicia said, I, I also got an email. I didn't, you know, read it, <laughs> unfortunately, Um, just because I was, you know, busy today. But, yeah, I did know about it. I'm, I'm here for it. I support it. My only concern is, um, you know... There was a thing in the email. I read it briefly. Um, there was a thing that said you can access the Apple Owl card and then you can de deactivate your hard copy. Oh, it said that? Yeah, it did say that. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, and so if, if for whatever reason, you know, someone gets a hold of your phone, gets into your password, mm. like that, you know, like Lisa said, this is a test run, so there's a there's a lot of room for error. Yeah. And I I don't know if I trust it. You know, I I get nervous with Apple Pay anyway. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people have it set up. I don't. Me neither. Because yeah, it freaks me out. I. Like I was scared to use Venmo, mm -hmm. have it hooked up to my phone. So, I'm I'm very like hesitant about it because mm -hmm. I don't know how easy it is for other people to access it. I mean, you know, when you scan it, our picture does come up. So if someone tries to scan it and it's not me they'll be you know but do people like it, does temple I, staff really it, pay attention hopefully <laughs> hopefully because if not that's really scary because i actually lost my owl card um first semester mm -hmm. and i had to pay like 20 dollars to get it replaced and i was so scared that someone else found it and like tried to use it to get into a building because that's like a huge breach of security mm -hmm. so it I think there's a lot of room for error. I, I support it if it yeah. goes well. I, my question was, like, for the buildings that you don't need to scan, you just need to show your ID, yeah. does that mean that you just show, like, the picture on your phone? Because oh, I feel true. like that I would think so. so. You but, know. but I feel like, couldn't that be, like, a like a security situation? Because my face is so tiny on there. Like, yeah. Exactly. 
That's true as well. My other concern is, Jenny, you mentioned that you could deactivate your actual physical card. Um, for some places, you can't tap and like you physically have to swipe it. Like for me, when I mm-hmm. come in in the morning to my parking lot, mm. um, I have to physically swipe my card in order for the little bar thingy to go up. Yep. So if my card gets deactivated, how do I go in? Because it's not like a tap censored thing. I have to physically swipe. Well, I feel like that I think I feel like there shouldn't have been an option to deactivate it because yeah. I feel like sometimes even there's situations in which I know that the they'll be like oh the tap doesn't work so I need to swipe mm-hmm. so even if like it has a tap option it just doesn't work or whatever um so I feel like to completely deactivate your card is kind of weird yeah I mean I I could be wrong but I I'm like 99% sure mm-hmm. um it gave us the option to deactivate it mm-hmm. it might only be in the event that you lose your physical card Oh, okay. But either way, that it still makes me really nervous. Uh-huh. I feel like that's kind of a that's like with like a debit card. Like if you lose your debit card, you can like freeze it, and, right? You know. So if it's like for loss purposes, I'm here for it. Yeah. But otherwise, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, specifically when it comes to this, because again, I personally did not know that this was coming. Like I saw the email, but I saw it and I was like, oh, like how long have you been working on this? Like where did this come from? <laughs> so for me. I think that this is a cool little feature. I'm happy. Like, I, it'll probably be easier for me. But do you, I feel like there might be some people who are like, oh, well, this money could have been spent elsewhere. Like, this is kind of just like an added embellishment. Like, it wasn't 100% necessary when we have, you know, other factors in the university that mm-hmm. money could be spent on. So what are your thoughts on that? I guess it's interesting to look into where did the funding come from? Is mm-hmm. it paid directly from our tuition or is it just like money that the university had? Mm-hmm. I don't know, allocated for something. I think that's important to consider. Mm-hmm. Or it could have been a donor, too. I don't know. I didn't specify in that email that we got or even in this article. But I think that's something that um, I think when it comes to expenses for a school, I wonder, like, how much power, like, the students have. Yeah, that's a good thing to consider. It would have been nice if we had, like, a poll sent out to every student. We have x amount of money would you like to have an apple pay system for your owl cards or xyz i don't mm-hmm. know i think they had a um, they had a poll like that i think like last semester or a few semesters ago mm. on like your tu portal but from what i remember i could be wrong from what i remember it was only asking about the stadium like the proposed stadium um. mm. and then like that was it um which i think was a it was a very hot topic at that point that mm-hmm. people that we needed to give our opinion towards um but other than that though obviously i don't think it's like right for like all of us to be like in temple's bank accounts and like seeing what exactly the finances are <laughs> yeah. but um i mean we go to this university and things directly affect us so we should have some type of say in that so i would i and that specific art um poll that i'm talking about i only remember doing one of those and i'm a junior mm-hmm. so the same way that like every semester we're supposed to fill out like our professor evaluations i wish that there were some sort of semester poll of like hey what would you like to see improved or what a you know i don't know i don't know if they listen to it but <laughs> makes me feel good that's a really good idea anybody from temple student government listening you know hey <laughs> do that that'd be pretty cool um but yeah so i just wanted to bring that up um another temple news um this is coming from <gasps> the temple news i didn't mean to do that but that (laughs) happened um a temple professor blair hedges um who works at the temple's center for biodiversity earlier this month he purchased the morn grand boys boys right 
Boys <laughs> Mountaintop on behalf of Na- um, Haiti National Trust. Haiti National Trust is an organization he founded in 2015 to promote and protect this country, the country's species. The purchase is made in partnership with um, Society um, Audubon Haiti, which is a nonprofit organization. And the goal of buying this mountain was to try and conserve Haiti's national forest. In a study um, that Hedges did in November 2018, this most recent November, he found that Haiti's forestry will be virtually gone by 2035. Um, and the, the biggest contributor to the decline in the forest um, in Haiti is from deforestation. Um, and it affects more than just the forest itself. It also affects all the species that um, develop on the forest and rely on the forest to survive. So what do you guys think about what Professor Hedge is doing? I'm here for it. I really support it. Um, you know, deforestation is a really huge problem in a lot in a lot of areas in the world. And to be able to have the resources and means to be able to do something like what Professor Hedge is doing, I think it's a really great idea mm-hmm. yeah what about you Alicia I agree I think it's really cool I mean like Jenny mentioned if you have the resources um and the money to do something like this like you're using your money for a good cause mm-hmm. it's not like directly donating to a charity but it is doing something that is like actively causing positive things to happen and it seems like this professor probably is passionate about this organization or um the problems going on in Haiti so I don't know. I'm sure it's, it feels good for them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that um, this is something like, I guess going back to the 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 successful job topic that we spoke about in our first segment, mm-hmm. segment of like, what does it mean for you to ha- be like successful? This might be some way for him to feel successful in terms of like focusing on like what he loves and what's important to him, which is preserving the Hades forest. Um, but do you think that, buying this mountaintop could actually achieve its perfect purpose in terms of i don't know preserving the forest in any way or do you think it'll say a message to anybody um i think so so by purchasing the mountaintop is that um in turn saying like no deforestation can take place in this area um i this article doesn't specify from from what i'm understanding okay but i would i would i would yeah yeah. i would assume that that's what it means is like nobody can develop on that land so i I do think it'll have positive effects and maybe it'll it'll encourage more people thinking hey what can i do to prevent deforestation maybe i can buy a piece of land um Mm -hmm. and then you know the country or whatever can develop on that land and in turn preventing more deforestation Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i think that is exactly what is happening. I think um, Professor Hedges buying the land is sort of a, a, a message to other people who care about these issues saying, you can do something about this, you know. And even if it's something small, like um, not even just deforestation, just like the environment in general, um, like not using plastic straws or not using plastic bags. Like there's little things everyone can do to help the better cause Mm -hmm. and i think um maya you mentioned a minute ago about um having a successful job and what that means i think being able to give back in the way that this professor is meaning to do i think would also go into the factor of what a successful job is so if you're able to give back to the communities that you know serve you even within the philadelphia temple communities Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um what was I going to say? I'm blanked. 
already. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I, I am happy to hear about this. And I think that um, when it comes to topics like this, seeing people, you know, take some power and be like, hey, I feel strongly about this. So I'm going to try to make a voice about that. That's my cover up for <laughs> no, yeah, what I that's, was say. <laughs> that's definitely awesome. I feel like um, if there's students that read this story, maybe they want to get in contact with this that's professor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I read your brain. Maybe get in contact with this professor. What can I do as a student? Can we start a club or an organization? Can you mm-hmm. be the sponsor? How can we get Temple involved? How can we get Philadelphia involved? So I think what this professor is doing is going to have um, a far greater impact than just on um, Haiti. I think it'll kind of maybe pique other people's interests that have uh, concerns about deforestation or environmental policies in general. No, I definitely agree. And I think um, last Thursday when we were supposed to have the district, but um, we were broadcasting the basketball game, so we did not. um, We were initially going to speak about um, the environment and how people are not willing to pay like more than like 10 bucks towards the environment. And Mm -hmm. even that number was very small. Mm -hmm. Um, And so thinking about like us as college students, you know, we don't have like steady income right now and stuff (laughs) like that, or a lot of resources where we can buy a mountain or stuff like that. But, um, (laughs) stuff be just simply being involved with people who have some sort of power is like a way that you can do something. Or even like you said, I know that we all, we all hear like, Oh, it's like, you know, just stop using plastic bags and like one, everyone makes Mm -hmm. a difference. But like to some degree, that is very true, you know? Um, And is it solely just doing that? No. Like we need people higher up to also do things. But it's a, it's like a well-oiled machine. You need all the parts, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Anywho, um, we have to kind of get off the air right now. It's it's over. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but thank you for tuning in to The District here on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. Stay tuned tomorrow from 4 to 5 where uh, Rational Radio will be happening. And then Thursday again from 7 to 8. Have a good night, everyone. Bye.